0: What if we replace outdated urban services with new services driven by artificial intelligence? What if we built The Line? A 170 kilometer revolution in urban living. Protecting the Earth's most stunning nature while creating unmatched livability. A home to all of us. Welcome to The Line.
1: Neon.
2: Hello, friends. Shopo, we're back again. Um, you know, over the course of this show, uh, I think a, a main topic that has come up again and again is that of the future. I like to think of myself as something of an expert on science fiction and, you know, the future that we're all going to be living in because that's the fact about the future is that it's where we're all going to spend the rest of our lives. Um, Lately, we've been talking about what does the future hold for America, but I think it's now time that with the help of our uh, guest for the first part of this show, we look into the future of another country and the future of cities in general. Joining us today in, and collecting his two time Chapo appearance challenge coin is our friend, Brother Seamus. Brother Seamus Malikofzeli. Seamus, how's it going?
0: Uh, it's going great, guys. Glad to, be, uh, glad to be back on the program.
1: Well,
2: Seamus, we had to have you on because, like, a couple years ago, we, we covered this topic and, like, you know, it's been back in the news. So I think it deserves a, uh, a redux. I am, of course, talking about Saudi Arabia's city of the future, Neom. Neom. The, the it's basically like if uh, Mohammed bin Salman wanted to do SimCity 2000 in, in the desert, that's that's pretty much what Neom is. But I was a couple years ago that we did an episode on it. So, Seamus, could you just like maybe just remind us like when when Neom was first announced, like what, what, what was being promised here about this, this glittering future city in the desert?
0: Well, uh, in 2017, uh, the, uh, newly, the then newly, uh, coronated crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, um, went up before investors and said that they are constructing a gigantic city out in the, um, the, uh, the Northwest of Saudi Arabia. That would be 22 times bigger than New York city. It would be, um, three <laughs> times as large as Lebanon, larger than, um, Israel, um, like just just a massive urban uh, mega city, megalopolis, metropolis, where science, innovation, creativity uh, would flourish. Inge- ingenious public transportation. Um, just just a city where every single important person um, would want to be. I think I think Matt even said in the last episode he compared it to a gulch, gulch, something along yes, those lines. Yeah, yeah. It's exact. It's pretty much exactly like that, except real and um like like a futuristic city
2: it's like it's basically like like okay yeah a city that is larger than the entire state of israel um 22 times the size of new york city but it's also was sort of pitched as kind of like a like a saudi west world that would include things like an artificial moon uh robot boxing uh dinosaurs and, I mean, like, what are some of the other outlandish things promised by, by the Neom City of the Future?
0: Yeah, in those, in those 2,300 uh, consulting papers that were given off to McKinsey, there was, there was animatronic dinosaurs, correct? There was the moon. Um, there was genetic engineering of uh, superhumans. Um, when were, has that ever gone wrong? Uh, <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Um, there were mech fights. There was a glow-in-the-dark beach um there were flying cars um there were uh, just just literally everything that i could even think of oh no, sorry sorry there were drone armies and um meant to give a live stream of uh, outer space in addition to the artificial moon and um making all these different attractions like just anything that you could possibly think of for that a futuristic city would have in your imagination that's what mohammed bin salman wanted to make real
2: And, you know, you have I mean, you wrote an article about about Neom on uh, your Substack, and which is why I want to get into it. But like in it, you sort of make the point that like uh, of these of these amazing uh, futuristic Tomorrowland like features. I mean, not necessarily all of them are constrained by, I don't know, scientific possibility of the present moment.
0: Yeah. I mean, they wanted to the things that exist that could feasibly exist and i do mean the feasibly is doing a lot of the legwork there but you know dinosaurs animatronic dinosaurs are within the realm of possibility i mean i think there used to be a show in new york where like walking with dinosaurs that kind of thing yeah 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 um weather seeding is still a thing that that exists like i'm not entirely sure what the process is for creating clouds i know it's possible to uh dissipate clouds yeah Um, you can
3: bust those there's cloud busting
0: yeah, yeah. Someone's um, I, not busting into technology. You, you can cloud bust or cloud seed. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- like these kinds of things are possible, but the issue is that you can't sell a city um, on that alone. You need to have something more to the table. But the issue is that Mohammed bin Salman went way over the line in terms of trying to market this and. Event, essentially just created a city that it is impossible to make. And from what I understand from the Wall Street Journal article that was released about a year ago, the consultants tried to, like, talk some sense into him about um, what exactly he could do. Um, like, when they told him that he needed to figure out, like, a street plan for his city, he kind of scoffed at it and said, There's, we don't need any cars in Neon because we're going to have flying cars uh, by well, 20 We're
2: going, we won't need cars. I mean yeah flying cars is one of the like one of my favorite favorite tropes of like what the future is going to be like if you think back to like the the movies or science fiction that you know you read as a kid it was like the flying car was just one of those things that would be like the stand-in for like letting you, the viewer, know that it, you're in the future now. Flying cars are one of those things, but like it's an idea that if you think about it for more than like five seconds, becomes a complete disaster. Like there's absolutely no reason to have flying cars because all it would do is like the idea is like, oh well, if you had a flying car, um, you wouldn't be constrained by roads. Like famously, as they said in Back to the Future, but like all it would do is if it became like consumer viable would be like the same amount of cars, but just like in 10,000 feet in the air, traveling at like 800 miles an hour. So like, imagine all the traffic fatalities happening, but then after each car crash, it would plummet several thousand feet to the the, to the
0: ground. <laughs> yeah, it's not, I, I mean, you can't really say that anything in these consulting papers was really thought out much. Um, it, it, it's really just Mohammed bin Salman has somewhere in the realm of three hundred to four hundred billion dollars in the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, and if you are given an insane amount of money to draw up plans for what a Gulf monarch wants, you're not. You're going to argue with it maybe a little bit if you actually want investing, but if you just want to take the money, you know why argue with it? Yeah, just kind of let it roll with it.
2: And I mean, like in all of the, this wish list of things, does seem like what a what, like a, like, a teenager or, like, a child would come up with if, like, you gave them $400 billion and said, build the city of your dreams. And it's like, yes, I want animatronic dinosaurs roaming the streets.
0: Yeah, it, 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 the, the two mes- messages of what the PR people in NEOM are trying to kind of talk about and what Mohammed bin Salman himself wants from these documents, they're really on just two entirely different playing fields because the people in the videos that come out of NEOM social media... They're talking real vague terms about uh, the "quote-unquote" city of the future. Talking about water preservation. Talking about uh, climate conservation. Things that sound good to investors who want to just kind of sink money into something. But if you will, were- it be Wi-Fi enabled? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just so- something stupid like that. And but but when Mohammed bin Salman wants himself. You cannot market to people really, and um there's there's kind of this push and pull uh clearly with what um Salman wants and what the what the people kind of running the program want and what he really wants really kind of came to the surface uh a couple i want to say a week or so ago um when he announced uh, the new uh the line project
3: well hell yes. <laughs> yeah i want to get i, I love to- this shit <laughs> uh, uh, the, the city the, line, the, yeah. the city named after the thing they were sm- snorting when they thought of it
2: <laughs> well i, I want to get into the line but like there 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 are other purposes for this for this city as well and like in in the, in the piece you wrote about it like i mean you, it it opens with basically um what like what begins with like a, a an account of like uh these bedouin tribes people living in the area of Saudi Arabia that would become this gleaming city of the future and you know the fact that they're living there in the first place is a problem, but the fact also that they're living a sort of a lifestyle that is incompatible with the kind of SimCity 2000 arcology model that they want to build there. And there was a man who sort of took a stand against this city of the future. How did that turn out for him?
0: Well, uh, Abdur Rahim al-Huwaiti, um, he, he was a tribesman of the huwaita tribe. And um, there is a perception among very aristocratic, very, uh, upper class people in, um, Riyadh places like that, that these tribes, people are very backwards, very basic. Um, the Saudi Arabia kind of blessed them by supposedly giving them, um, infrastructure and, uh, cities. Um, when that's really not the case, they're literate, <laughs> they live in towns, um, but they don't live in maybe they, they don't really want to live in these gigantic cities. Um, and so... Yeah, it's, when, not, it's not
2: the Flintstones.
0: Yeah, it's not... It's not like, that, it's they're not, really they're the not mixing
2: concrete for Neom and a Pelican or something like that.
0: Yeah, it, it's completely not what is being... I mean, it's not even that. It's not even that's what's being advertised to people who want to invest in Neom. What's being advertised to people who, who they want to invest in neon is that this land, nobody lives on it. Absolutely no way lives on it and that it's free f- for the taking if you want it. Um, but al Huiti, obviously, when these plans were drawn up and then they were announced... The land surveyors came in, uh, Saudi authorities came in, um, telling people, okay, um, we're going to compensate you for the houses that you live in that we're going to tear down, but you guys have to leave. Um, this is non-negotiable. Uh, either you take the compensation and leave or you leave and you don't take the compensation. Uh, Abdul Rahim did not take this deal. Um, he recorded videos of himself, uh, to his YouTube channel, um, yelling at Saudi surveyors, uh, from his rooftop. Um, confronting people who wanted to uh, compensate people, confronting people who um, were calling his people illiterate. He spoke in uh, poetry and uh, the sayings of the Prophet Muhammad, talking about um, how, you know, there used to be honor in society, but now it seems like that's pretty much been lost. Uh, and eventually all of these kind of very public uh, dissent um It it eventually came time for him to pay for that dissent. So in April of last year, um, the Saudi authorities surrounded his home, finally. Uh, They asked him to leave. They were going to condemn the house, tear it down. Um, And he refused to leave. And then there was a multi-hour shootout. And eventually, uh, Abdurrahim was killed. Um, There were videos of the house after um, it was was, um, shot up. And I mean, there's just bullet holes just everywhere inside the house. Like the walls are just peeling off. Um, there's debris everywhere. Like it was clearly very violent. Um, and th- in the response in the Saudi newspapers was that there was this random wanted man who was killed, uh, in Tabuk province, um, that he threatened the security of Saudi Arabia. Um, but of course that was not the case. Um, there was this big fear about this, uh, this, this backlash, maybe not just in uh, the Arab world, but outside the Arab world, considering that uh, Jamal Khashoggi had um, been assassinated uh, just a year or so prior, and that had created such a national outcry. Um, they had attempted to pay off members of the tribe that uh, al-Huwaiti belonged to. Um, the tribal, some of the tribal leaders did take the payment and denounced um, al-Huwaiti publicly. Um, others did not take the money and attended his funeral he is the first person who has been killed in the pursuit of the neon project, but he's not the first person arrested. There were several people arrested before him. Um, and he's not, he's not the, the first person who has been harassed, who has been uh, attacked um, for resisting uh, this kind of project. And I think there's going to be way more of these in the future because there's something like 20,000 people who need to be relocated for this project. And it's not exactly uh done yet.
2: Um, well, yeah, once when, the once the, the robot gladiators, get, you know, just going to push them in there, they'll, they'll, they'll deal with all these recalcitrant people, I'm sure. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, go, they'll go to the new artificial moon, the artificial moon colony that they're also building. But uh, you bring up Khashoggi, and I mean, like, this becomes a very important part of this story. Because when, uh, you know, NEOM was announced in 2017, this was at a time when um, Saudi Arabia, but specifically Mohammed bin Salman, I mean, could not be hotter in the international press i mean there is this part of this huge pr rollout of just about a new modern saudi arabia and of course like we covered and we all remember when mbs got the full tom friedman treatment so like how did neon fit into this whole like new modern like fresh liberal cool saudi arabia
0: that mbs and his people were pitching i mean the whole thing about neon is that I mean, one of the one of the main things that was advertised by Neom was that it was going to have its own autonomous court system, um, aside from the Saudi judicial system that was so um, kind of notoriously um, uh, penalistic um, in the idea that Saudi Arabia used to be this kind of old, outdated thing that nobody really wanted to touch and that investors wanted to invest in um, maybe a little bit somewhat more quietly uh, this was something that investors could potentially be excited about investing in, want desperately to live there, um, something about the quote-unquote new Saudi Arabia that would be attractive to not just uh, rich people necessarily, but something that literally everyone who uh, is artistic, who is uh, intelligent, uh, who has something to give to the world uh, wants to be in. And that's exactly what Mohammed bin Salman, the image that he wanted to bring to the world, But unfortunately, Saudi Arabia had not really changed that much, um, really. Uh, So when, you know, road met rubber and uh, Mohammed bin Salman was forced to, not forced, that's not the right word, but he felt that it was in the trend of his royal family's uh, history to continue um, oppressing dissenters. uh, Eventually, that, that image kind of fell apart for him.
2: And you said like, a, like an independent port system, meaning that like, you know, it, to attract people to live there, you could import or bring things into Neom that would otherwise get you arrested for like witchcraft and the rest of the country.
0: Yeah. So alcohol, uh, dr- maybe not drugs necessarily, but f- vices that you would not be able to indulge in uh, pretty much anywhere else in the country, at least at the time that this was announced. Um, there are some liberalization programs going on in like the UAE and and including in Saudi Arabia, but those are pretty slow moving right now. Theoretically in Neom, you know, this could be essentially just like any other country uh, that you want to move to by 2030. So you wouldn't have to wait up for them.
2: I would like it if in, in Neom city of the future, um, like, like drugs, regular drugs, still illegal, still get the death penalty for possessing, using, or selling them. But, all future drugs that take place <laughs> in the future, like Nuke from RoboCop 2, or like that slow-mo <laughs> drug from J- Judge Dredd. Like in the Neon City of the Future, you can do futuristic drugs there that are, that are engineered in a lab. Yes, in
3: anything th- that is bright green or blue <laughs> and that comes in some sort of a prepackaged vial situation where it, like, it instantly object- is auto-injecting and makes yes. a noise.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. If yeah, if anyone out there in, in McKinsey is working on the slow mo drug from from Dread, uh, please let me know. I would like to try it. Um, so like so, yeah. It's a, it's part of this PR rollout. But then again, then you said like, okay. Then Khashoggi happened, and that I mean for the for not just neon, but for the entire like nation of Saudi Arabia and Mohammed bin Salman. That that was a, that was at least for I guess the surprising thing for a short amount of time a kind of a big uh, wrench in the works here. It kind of fucked things up for them.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of putting it lightly. Um, so <laughs> a- after after Khashoggi uh, was um, was murdered, um, investors, uh, media outlets, um, pretty much everyone that had kind of fallen to their feet to praise MBS, were uh, really not in the mood to uh, continue... Uh, doing that at least at least for now for for the for the foreseeable future at that time um because the future investment um conference or davos in the desert um that was happening when Khashoggi was still considered missing that uh, that Ooh. second iteration, so it was still very very fresh, and m b s was kind of preparing to find new investors for neom at this conference, and then i mean his own kind of sadism kind of kind of ruined that for him. Um he said uh there was a financial times piece that uh that said that um he said that no one would invest in NEOM you know for years to come. It it was kind of, it really threw a wrench in it for a while and there was no IPO. They're they're planning to put Aramco. Yeah, so the
2: Saudi up Aramco, like could you explain what the Saudi Aramco IPO was and how it was going to finance this this NEOM?
0: Yeah, so the Saudi Aramco is the state-owned oil company. Uh, one of the most valuable companies on the planet, obviously. And the idea was that if you put it up for public investment on the stock exchanges, that it would bring in something along the lines of a $100 billion, um, for the Saudi Public Investment Fund. And I want to say the valuation, um, I don't have the numbers out in front of you, but I want to say it was somewhere around in the trillions. Like it was real gigantic. Um, and so the idea was that you get the IPO, you get $100 billion basically guaranteed Funneling into NEOM, maybe we don't even need the investment necessarily just for NEOM, um, but that got delayed um, because there were logistical problems, and so you know, Hashoggi was had been murdered. There was no IPO to fund it either way. Um, what do you do? But MBS, being MBS, sees NEOM no matter how implausible it might be. He sees it as his meal ticket, and so he you know, starts building anyway, uh, at the start of 2019. And, um, you know, just that month in January, there's now an airport at, uh, at Neon Bay. Um, they start developing it and it's kind of slow and steady, but there are enough faculties in place by the end of the year for a Royal Palace, um, for a hotel, a golf course, um, banks, uh, apartments, um, Things that, very basic things uh, that you would need um, for just people to essentially be there. And because people eventually started seeing that it was being built, uh, investors slowly started to come back because the heat had been dying down uh, from the Khashoggi hit. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it just,
2: it's pretty incredible when that happened, because it it just seemed to be, like, the most flagrant thing that they could possibly do to, like, eject them from the company of, like, you know, considered, like, serious, okay nations. Um, But they weathered that. Like, they just basically, like, were, they admitted to it, and then, or they had to, like, sort of half-heartedly, and then it's just been, like, a year or two, and it just seems like most people have kind of forgotten about it, or they're just like, well, you know, the money's there, so, I mean, yeah, time to invest.
4: Yeah, I
0: mean, Saudi royals, they knew that I mean, even before this, I mean, Saudi Arabia had a pretty infamous reputation, but they knew that the money would always flow as long as it was still there and it will always still be there. So all they really had to do was play the waiting game for investors to come back. The real question was, you know, maybe it's going to take a little bit longer than we initially anticipated, but really it didn't. It just took around a year. And now they're securing hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts to build, uh, Neom, um, from gigantic construction firms. Even firms that had left Neom because of the Khashoggi killing came back because you, the money like, was so good.
2: Like Bechtel is, I believe, one of
0: them. Uh, yeah. And also, um, there was a, uh, there was a, co- I, the name escapes me right now, but there was a company run by a, a British lord that is designing, um, one of Neom's projected four airports. Uh, they're doing that now. <laughs>
2: God damn! It's worse than the. It's worse than Denver over there. Jesus Christ! Yeah. And probably even more apocalyptic
0: than whatever's going on over there. God, it, 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 it's the the money is there. The issue is, you know, is it going to be completed? Probably not. Um, but as long but as Saudi they already, are they, paying, they built yeah. one airport, and then you said like
2: Neon Bay. It's like they've done enough to like have it be like, oh, it's a place. It's happening. And uh, you also mentioned, like, as part of I guess another aspect of this kind of like PR offensive that they're doing, uh, you say in your piece that Neon Bay or like what's been built there, like, or they've already have like a palace facility or something like that, is rumored to have been the place where Mohammed bin Salman and Netanyahu first met in person to, I guess, like, uh, officially begin this kind of uh, diplomatic rapprochement between Saudi Arabia and Israel.
0: Yeah. um, So. When the pandemic hit, um, construction kind of slowed to a halt. So what Mohammed bin Salman did was he just kind of refocused it around having just tons of dignitaries come there as so like, if you want to meet in Saudi Arabia, you need to meet in Neom. So King meet Salman, me in meet me in Neom. So King Salman, um, would have his cabinet meeting, meetings there. Um, he, uh, yeah. Uh, so he got the vaccine there. He does all his medical treatments there. He vacations there. Um, NBS um, hosted uh, Mike Pompeo there. He flew like straight from D.C. to Neon Bay. Um, uh, the Saudi foreign minister sometimes holds meetings there. And yeah, they chose that uh, when Mike Pompeo got there to facilitate that meeting between Netanyahu and um, and NBS because there was a private plane that was registered um, to people with Netanyahu that flew from Israel straight to Neon Bay and then left several hours later. So I like to imagine in yeah.
2: the meeting between him and Netanyahu, they had a lot to talk about because they're like, hey, this, uh, this whole airport was actually based uh, after we bulldozed the homes of several thousand people living there already. So, you know, it's like they, it's like they, they got a con- something in common. You know, this is the nature of diplomacy. You know, this is how you bridge divides between formerly <laughs> hostile nations.
0: Yeah, hey, I mean, he's learning from the best there. I can't say anything else. But yeah, he they're trying to make Neom into a place that, I mean, that, that was one of the original intentions. They want to kind of force it <laughs> to be a place where everyone wants to go because they have to go because it's so um close to everything necessarily because I think it's um, reachable from a lot of places in the world uh, within eight hours or so. Yeah, if you want to go somewhere, if you want to have a meeting, if you want to have uh, a corporate retreat, you come to Neom it's already I mean, the,
1: there
2: <laughs> the whole thing is yeah they're trying to make neon a thing and really this whole story is just about they're trying to make neon a place they're trying yeah. to make something there uh where we're, we're uh, you know previously only uh just just you know people who don't matter live you know it's not, yeah. it's, not it's not a real thing you know they're not robots they don't they're not holograms they're not cyberpunk 77
0: mm. yeah it, it's it's just I, I'm not I mean the money's obviously flowing but I'm not entirely sure like just how successful that effort is necessarily going to uh to be to make it something that literally everyone and, every, and anyone wants to go to well i um, mean here's an
2: issue yeah. that i was thinking about and pondering a city 22 times the size of new york um in the northwest corner of the saudi Arab- the arabian peninsula how the fuck are they going to get like enough water to just like make it not just be a desert? Like, I mean, like how are people going to drink water or have water to like have a human population there?
0: Well, I mean, in the concept art that they have of Neom on the website, they, they're all, there's all these lush greens. And, um, I, I, assume there is going to be, and they talk about like water preservation as a means of irrigating. Um, as much as I've seen in my research, there really is nothing super concrete about it, but, you know, I'm assuming if you have enough money, you can just dig things, and you can just kind of hope that it works. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not exactly hugely thought out. It's kind of something that you kind of push off until until later.
2: Well, okay, as long as you're talking about things that are not hugely thought out, I mean, this gets us to like the the latest um, iteration of the neon Tomorrowland future city idea. Is that what was just announced recently? Is you know things things are trickling in. It's like you know it's it's something's there. It's still happening. And if the and it, if the idea about like this fucking mega city one with fucking robot fighting and like hologram beaches and fucking flying cars wasn't enough for you, they've just announced something called the line. It would be I mean I'm, I'm without exaggeration here. It, this is a city that is 150 miles long that is just one single totally straight line that cuts across the country. But the genius of it is that it's like there's no um real depth so it's just basically one long like commuter rail that unites this gigantic but very narrow like like just linear city
0: yeah um God, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause on a question to you. Will have you heard of the movie uh, Pieces? No, I haven't. Okay, well, the tagline of the movie Pieces is, is quote, "It's exactly what you think it is." Unquote. <laughs> when I when I say it, when I like, it, I try to I try to explain the line to like multiple people in my life because um, they're like people are asking about it. Like, there is no higher meaning, really. Honestly, it is a city and a straight line. That is the gimmick. Um, the whole the whole thing it appears to be. Is that um, it's ninety five percent of nature is going to be preserved in the space that it is um, fully pedestrianized. No streets. So yeah, no one needs a car. No. Cars. Yeah, yeah, no one exactly. needs a car. Well, so is it
3: because like things are just? It's like it's it's just the same stuff, the same amenities one after the other and then you're within walking distance of one segment of them or how's that work?
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. It's supposed to be the most walkable city ever conceived of in that, um, everything is going to be within five. All of your daily needs are within five minutes. Walking of your, of the, like the, the your
2: most walkable book. city in the world, isn't it like 150 degrees outside in the summer? <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I mean, you got the weather sitting above us, it, so it's gonna be a cool. So, <laughs> oh, okay, right, all right, yeah, it's right, gonna be so great. Yes, the but, dome, uh, the dome over the line will take care of the <laughs> weather at a future date,
0: yeah. But, but, but of course, you know, maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe not all of my daily needs can be fulfilled within five minutes. I want to get around, okay? Well, MBS has a solution for you. Um, the city will be traversable within twenty minutes. Now you might say, how do you traverse a city within twenty minutes that is hundred and five miles long? This it would have to be a train that is three hundred fifteen miles per hour and there are no trains currently in service that are that speed. But maybe he
3: means the other way, like not not length, like width. Girth twenty minutes. Girth. Like ah uh, we 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 didn't say the whole the whole length, just the girth.
0: Oh my god. Uh, I, I'm trying to like, I, I'm trying to explain it in a way that will like make sense. Just look up, like, if you're a listener at home, just look up the line, and you'll see what it looks like. It, it just—it's like, like if it's someone
2: a, took a line tool in Photoshop and like dragged it over a fucking like satellite image of like the Arabian Peninsula and just dragged it across it. Like that's it. Just the line yeah, tool. That's yeah. what it looks like.
0: And, and and additionally, one of the things that confounds me about it is that there's there's a space. In the area that's talking about that, that's pretty flat land. But inexplicably, it goes through a mountain. I don't know what the plan is for what happens when it goes through the mountain. Because it's supposed to be fully pedestrianized. Are they going to dig through it? Are they going to blow it up entirely? I don't understand why you couldn't just make it shorter. Um, I, I'm not sure what... I, I'm truly and honestly confounded by what the thought process is behind I this mean, entire thing. I mean,
2: the thought process is, and I brought it up before, like, this is <laughs> the real-life version of playing SimCity 2000. Like, this is yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah. you do in that game. You just, like, you use the bulldozer tool to just, like, like take, a, take a cut out of a fucking mountain so you can build a highway
0: through it. Yeah, the, the, you, get, you have a save file where you want to just, like, see if you can try out doing the city <laughs> in a straight line. But, of course, MBS, because he has hundreds of billions of dollars at disposal, wants to make this Thing real.
2: He, because he has all that money, he he used the cheat code, so he never gets like the uh, the angry city councilman being like, "You cannot cut funding on dinosaurs.
3: You will regret this." Honestly, <laughs> the, the fact that he's doing animatronics, he's not even trying to do real, uh, like genetically cloned dino Jurassic Park yeah, style real dinos. In fact, he's not even like giving it a go. He's immediately giving up and going to. They're
2: not dinosaurs. Pathetic.
0: Pathetic. No, Wait, I completely agree. I completely they're not. Agree. They're
2: not even dinosaurs. It's it's fucking. It's, it's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> but I guess I mean just.
2: I guess like overall, like finally, like wrap things up here. Like, how, like how do you see this? Like, because I mean, it's it's. I find it hard to believe anyone at a certain level really believes or buys into any of this shit. Like, if you're McKinsey, you're just taking the money and you're like, yes, very very good, very good, sir. Yes, there 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 will be an artificial moon. Yes, the line city, brilliant. This is a, a vision of the future. And then, like, everyone else, like, the money's pouring in. The contracts are there. But for if you are MBS, if you are, like, the, the, the Saudi government, like, what's really going on here? What, like, it, what are they, like, pitching to the world? Is, it, is, it, is this an idea of, like, do they want Saudi Arabia to be something that, like, is a global destination and power after their fucking oil runs out? Or, like, is there something else? Are they just trying to, like, pitch themselves as, like, a modern... Futuristic place to live while also being like a fucking uh, totally undemocratic, like authoritarian monarchy?
0: Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing that revealed the real vulnerabilities in Gulf monarchies, it was the pandemic. Um, because of trade slowing down, of tourism slowing down to a near halt, um, Gulf economies really took a really bad hit. Um, something like, I mean, just in Dubai which is a model city for what Niam wants to really kind of build itself on Um, something when the, when the coronavirus first hit around 80% of businesses in Dubai were expected to close within three months. Um, They narrowly avoided economic catastrophe in the UAE by halving the size of the entire government. Like it's real shaky ground. And when fossil fuels eventually start to run out, and climate change becomes kind of impossible to maneuver around. You need other ways of producing money than just oil. Um, tourism is vulnerable, but tourism is kind of the number two. It's really the only thing you can do if you are a, a Gulf monarchy. So Saudi Arabia is really trying to do that in some form or another uh, with NEOM. I don't, I, what strikes me about kind of the production of it, I don't think that the people really running. Uh, the the construction project really believe it to be, it's going that it's going to be this gigantic super city, but MBS absolutely believes that it will be, and because MBS holds near absolute power in Saudi Arabia, he can continue doing it for as long as he wants. And for the people, for the investors who um, who are investing into it, it's really just kind of a money suck. And the hope is that at some point eventually enough will be paid out back by the saudis that they'll get their money back but they don't really care if neom gets constructed it's just you know you get money for it um i, guess I don't just, think yeah
2: it's 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 hard to pick, like like to, like tourism like as a replacement for like the you know global petroleum export um i mean like it could work like you know dubai for instance i mean like they have some coastline there and they're building more of it by doing those ridiculous fucking islands that like look like shit and are <laughs> also golf courses or whatever but like isn't the problem here that it's just like as a tourist destination like the, the climate the sort of landscape I mean it's just it's not like that nice of a place to visit I mean and I know, I know they can provide all kinds of like insane ridiculous luxury and splendor of course basically all underwritten with pseudo slave labor but like I, and but like this country or city itself you can't do anything fun there if you're trying to like attract a, a global elite clientele right
0: Yeah, it's not it's not a a perfect system. I mean, you have to remember that the initial genesis of the Neom idea was that MBS was on Google Earth and he saw part of the country that kind of looked empty, and he decided that he was going to build an entire city there. Okay, all right. Like, there's no there's no (laughs) real thinking behind it except for that. And the PR people with Neom have tried to kind of retroactively find reasonings for it um i mean dubai has somehow miraculously made itself into a major tourist destination just by sheer will of monetary force yeah and the hope is that neon will become like a dubai too but the issue is that you know dubai is dubai and when coronavirus happened dubai took a massive hit neon really isn't going to fill in those gaps but it's kind of the only option that um that Saudi Arabia has outside of maybe doing like solar energy, but that really isn't enough.
2: I mean, I guess like, like just, just finally here, like, I mean, we, we talked about like, the, the Khashoggi hit and the fact that like, I I mean, I guess I'm not surprised, but it is pretty jaw-dropping, like how easily they've been able to just wait that out. And like everyone has just kind of forgotten about it. And now with this new sort of um uh like official diplomatic ties with Israel, I mean, like it, it's just like, how easily is it going to be for Saudi Arabia to like convince enough of the international press or like corporate leaders and or people in government elsewhere that like they're just a normal country and like not one of the most evil places on earth?
0: I think it's sooner than a lot of people might think. Um, back during, right after the Khashoggi killing, you know, there's a huge amount of negative press, obviously, but when this aligned city was announced, you know, if you went to Reuters, uh, the AP, Bloomberg, um you know, outlets, outlets that are very popular, they were talking about the city. Like it's a genius idea that uh it, it, it you know, this fully pedestrianized city with nature preservations. I mean, that that's, that's an amazing idea. The, the cycle resets itself very quickly. And, I think the the UAE and Bahrain got a ton of great press off of the normalization with Israel. I think if normalization with Israel happens for Saudi Arabia, which I think is going to happen very soon, I think that might be enough to fully reset that cycle, at least with some people, at least with enough people that they can say maybe maybe not publicly, because the key thing with the Neom investments was that all of these contracts were announced as they have to. But when they were asked about it, they refused to answer any questions. They know that it's kind of toxic to talk about right now. But if you want, if you want that cycle to be reset, it'll probably happen pretty quickly, I think.
2: Seamus, thanks so much for joining us. The The piece is Neom, The Line to Oblivion. That is up on your Substack right now. If people would like to uh, subscribe or find more of your writing, uh, where should they go?
0: Uh, if they want to read this piece and uh, any more pieces in the future, they can go to malikafzali.substack.com. M A L E-K-A-F-Z-A-L-I. We'll put, the, we'll put the link in the bio. Yeah, put yeah, the I link know, in the i know. I'm sorry. 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 The link in the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, the will be <laughs> in the description. You don't have to remember it. It'll be there. Five bucks a month. It's going to be great.
2: Uh, Brother Seamus, thank you so much for joining us again.
0: It was my pleasure. Thanks. Thanks
1: is it for you
0: all you have to
1: okay
2: we are back uh thanks again to uh Seamus Malacaselli and now in the second half of the show we are joined by our brother Virgil Texas uh, along with me hey, and man. Matt um so here we go uh it is inauguration week everybody inauguration week and I gotta say I Always a good sign for the health of your country's democracy when the uh, peaceful transfer of power is accompanied with the phrase uh, the capital will remain in a state of the green zone uh, all week or until future notice. a when, when a we good back, chunk, baby. When a good chunk of D.C. is literally the green zone now for the inauguration, it, yeah, things are going pretty good. Are we excited, though? We're looking forward to it. It should be a, should be a fun, fun time.
3: Most of all, I am looking forward to the country healing and coming together, Absolutely. which is going to happen.
2: <laughs> I mean, unity and coming together is the theme of the inauguration. And, and then how was...
3: could people not do it after they spent all this money and put it on TV for a week? How could people not come together after seeing and that?
2: I got to say, like, it's, I, I, I think it's good because I you know I mean like, there, there were, there were you know, people in Joe Biden's year who were telling him, uh, I think the theme of the inauguration should be, uh, fuck Donald Trump and everyone who voted for him. Um, no. But, you know, he decided, to, he decided to go in a different direction, and I think that speaks to his sort of maturity as a leader.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, all the people who think that he is drinking the blood of infants out of a fucking pony keg every night is, are going to see uh, Garth Brooks serenading him wearing a dumb uh, shirt where two, the, the colors are split halfway and go, God, my God, I've had this man all wrong.
4: All I want to know is what that first dance is going to be too. <laughs> my money's my money's on Turkey in the Straw. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, going to be some good performances. Uh,
2: you mentioned Garth Brooks. I mean, I mean, he is he's a big name, but you know, he but uh, that is the unity choice there you know he's like a yeah. little, you know a little bit country a little bit rock and roll he's something for something for everyone and it he, it's sort of a he says that's that's the olive branch to the, the 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 maga the red part of america to be like hey look you know it's, it's garth it's garth he he thinks biden's president you know can't argue with that and then, nope. of course, two seconds later, the Garth Brooks's name will get added to the pedophile.xce spreadsheet.
4: It's already there.
3: <laughs> he has already been. And not only is he on the list, he has also been arrested and executed and replaced <laughs> with a hologram. Are
4: um, there actual live performances? Because I, I know there there they're be. doing these or, Zoom concerts. Oh, OK. That's what they've been doing for the past week. These Zoom concerts, which is, you know, featuring, you know, pro-Biden comedians and musicians. Uh, which is available for you if you're like your brain's healthy and you want something to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't I haven't seen it, I, any of it. I would imagine on inauguration day there probably will be someone
2: on on a stage performing like on you know uh, you know on the national mall or something. But I don't know what kind of an audience will be in attendance though.
3: Yeah, because these are the Democrats. They're not going to just have everybody out there maskless. It's all about uh, following the rules. And also there will be like twenty thousand national guardsmen there.
2: I mean, th- yeah, that's going to be the audience, part. and I, I, yes. I have, I have been enjoying stories, and again, like I, I take every one of these stories with a, a very large chunk of salt, but the whole thing about how like they're they're vetting the national guardsmen for like seditious behavior activity because they just think that like it'll be like that scene in the Joker, I'm, sorry, in the Dark Knight at Gordon's funeral where like the the honor guard just turns their guns on um the mayor or uh, Harvey yeah. Dent or
3: whatever, yeah, I mean come on not outside the realm of possibilities people are fucking cracked <laughs> i mean do they get live ammo to begin with or is it are the apparently they're not up? they're not they're not giving them they're not giving them the live ammo <laughs> no. which i don't know if you want to tell the people that so that they could just <laughs> bum rush the stage knowing the guns are empty
2: uh, every every fifth gun has live ammo in it so you're sort of like yeah. you know
3: you're rolling your dice but
2: you're also sort of diffusing the chance of the guns being turned on the state
3: yeah you
2: know, we've said for a while now, like, but like the, the big promise of the Biden administration, and I think like a big part of his appeal as a presidential candidate was the idea of just like, you know, back to normal, but like back to normal yep. implies like not just back to Obama, but I think truly the real promise is back to the 90s, like back like back to the early aughts, the 90s. Like, isn't uh, Chris, you brought up that a uh, Am is going to be at the inauguration. I mean, that is that's yeah, I, going I, I back to normal. About-
5: will I am for a second because nothing to me says like there is no future than the presence of will I am back in the Biden inauguration it's like we we are forcing it to be 2009 again (sighs) no culture has progressed we're not acknowledging anything that has happened since then uh it's will I am forever we're we're, I'm having A real good time with you. Your brain just repeating that over and over again until tonight's gonna be a
3: good time. Tonight's gonna be a good good time. Will I am that song is that song literally is a fucking about self hypnosis. Like I'm having a good. All their songs like I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying myself. This is the best time I've ever (laughs) had. This is a good idea. This is gonna be great. This is all gonna work out well for me. 2000 it's 2009 biden is healing the nation everyone's happy We're, there's nothing okay. there's no problem there's no cause for alarm <laughs> so yeah you've got you've got you've got will i am of the black eyed peas and n- none of the rest of the black eyed peas i mean where are they not even apple d app <laughs> i hear that uh, he's into q and that's why he's not allowed he's <laughs> he, he they might he might actually have a suicide vest on and try to kill trump <laughs> um, or uh, biden
2: so, yeah, Will I am is there representing like, yeah, like time stopped when like Obama was inaugurated. Let's we're going back to two thousand nine. Even better than Will I am though is the one that was announced yesterday, which is fully what I'm hoping for to just go back to the '90s, purely end of history, the last, the last, last decade, decade, baby, the last decade, and no, nothing is better evidence of that than the group the new radicals are reuniting and performing for the first time in 22 years performing their anthem you only get what you give at the biden administration at biden inauguration you all you all remember that song right oh hell yeah, yeah That's... the video maybe the mall yeah where he's yeah, in the mall the, uh, it's like a hat yeah it's a bucket hat guy and he's in a mall and like the, the video is like kids in a mall just like wiling out having fun and like the it's already figures like you can't do that and then like
5: they're just having too much fun to stop it was it was kind of a um, a we didn't start the fire for a new generation yeah, yes
3: yes it's exactly yeah. what it is
5: and you know the, the only, lo-
3: but it also threatened physical violence against <laughs> Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson <laughs> well that's what made it for a new generation
5: no uh, yeah they no. looked they looked at uh, we didn't start the fire and they said no
3: not aggressive enough yeah we no, need
5: genuine on, threats in this
2: on Wednesday like you're on on Wednesday, when Wednesday rolls around you are on notice Courtney Love Marilyn Manson Billy Corrigan, you are now enemies of the state and you will be compromised to a permanent end. <laughs> the fucking u s military is going to kick your ass in
3: I mean Courtney Love honestly should probably go to prison because of how close she is to people from the Epstein Island, but I would like she honestly might end up on both lists like the 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 Democrats and the Q people 's list of uh, of criminals
2: no but, uh, but they 're sort of um uh, i don 't know there's there 's a grimmer thread to the inclusion of the new radicals at biden 's inauguration that I found out about the other day because people were sort of. I don't know, sort of just having some fun with it or poking fun at the idea because people, you know, it's kind of a corny song or it is such a throwback. And I, 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 I don't know how vetted this is, but somebody angrily denounced people making fun of the new radicals at the Biden inauguration because they said Why? the reason that they're performing and that they're reuniting is because the song, You Only Get What You Give, was apparently what was referred to as Bo Biden's fight song during his battle with cancer. And that was his like oh. inspirational, like on repeat anthem for like, I don't know, getting chemotherapy or like struggling with uh yeah, cancer. So like that that sort of inspirational anthem was 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 Bo Biden's like personal song. And it has like a kind of an emotional like meaning and, and and purchase on uh Joe Biden himself.
4: That's really burying the lead there after our Japes that seemed harmless at the time <laughs> were actually making light of this. Tragic event.
3: Wow, you know the. F- I, thank you for reminding me, Joe Biden, that your fucking kid died. It's been five minutes. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. We sent you fourteen hundred dollar checks as some sort of grim prank. Uh, my son died. Are they? Are the new <laughs> radicals
4: playing like live, or is it going to be another Zoom call?
3: I don't know. I, don't I know. think I that's going to be live it. because that's on the day of, and I think there is going to be like people on stage. I don't know who's going to be in the audience, but I do think that's that there's is going it just like the family?
4: It's just like the family members of like Abigail Spanberger, yeah, it's just well, like I Abigail mean, like Spanberger's
3: during, uncle rocking out to the New Radicals, like during the convention when they would have people on the stage, but there was not really an audience. I'm assuming it's going to be like that, and also Lady Gaga's going to sing uh, the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, then you're going to have Tom Hanks. They're going to have a uh, special. That'll probably be the Zoom thing where you got Springsteen, Foo Fighters, John Legend, Justin when Timberlake, did, Je- Demi Lovato, Bon Jovi. When do the cuffs go on?
4: At <laughs> <One day. laughs> what point in the schedule is that? They're just when, going to lower the,
5: a giant cage from the ceiling. <laughs> <because of WWE. laughs>
4: it's like that. Oh, a it's cage, like man. the board game mousetrap,
2: but Bon Jovi is <laughs> probably <part laughs> <under me. laughs> so the reason up, why. Boys,
4: The reason why I ask is, I think the New Radicals video, it should be a Zoom call. All the members of the New Radicals should be in different locations. (laughs) And instead of it being a mall, which is, you know, an outmoded concept, they should be shopping on Amazon. And it's a statement about (laughs) how we all need to pitch in and stay at home and just do all our commerce online virtually now in order to beat this thing.
2: I mean, honestly, I, do. I think now is the perfect time to bring back that song after fucking 10 months of fucking pandemic quarantine. Just the chorus line, don't give up. You've got a reason to live. I mean, people, <laughs> need,
5: people need to hear
4: that right now. They really do. How about this? Uh, you you get what you give your country.
5: <laughs> <laughs> this is the update like of Kennedy, the, the yeah. John F. Kennedy thing. <laughs> yeah. The like Kennedy. That's uh, yeah. not what your country gets, what it gives. <laughs> I, I I will take it as true the thing about uh, it being Bo Biden's fight song
3: uh, and that is yeah, very apparently sad, it though. is it's from it was that's in his it, Joe's one of his quote unquote autobiographies but,
5: but you can't make me not think it would be funny to watch Joe Biden said a single solemn tear while watching a guy in a bucket <laughs> hat sing <laughs> and like list cultural signifiers of the nineties perhaps.
3: Dare I say, while wearing a bucket hat himself. <laughs> he should put the bucket hat <laughs> on Joe absolutely Biden. Though. At the, the, end, the, of the, at the end of the performance, put the hat on his head like a crowning. And they could, oh, they could do it like like when Napoleon got crowned emperor at oh, Notre Dame. Um, I just want to say that they, they got this list of performers for the inaugural. You got Springsteen, fucking uh, Timberlake, Bon Jovi. And it reminds me of, the, of Trump's inaugural where I believe it was three doors three down. Three doors down. And a guy who could fit eight billion balls in his mouth—that was it. <laughs> and you know, didn't they have like a dueling pianos? No, a dueling okay, piano. The
2: piano act. The piano act where it was five guys playing a single grand piano, but like playing it like uh, Harpo Marx did, where they're playing like they're sort of plucking the inside strings and playing it like a drum and shit like that. Yeah, you remember do that? Your foot out and do yes. Yes. yeah.
3: And then there was like a family band where little kids playing violins. As I said at the time yeah, we it was family
2: uh music uh, performance. Yeah. It was
4: it was all it was all the Mr. Showax champion, <laughs> the drinker.
3: No, <laughs> oh, it's Choo Choo, the Herky Jerky Dancer. I remember we were watching that shit at a in a, a restaurant in um in D.C. and it, I yeah. just I felt that was my first real sense that my my soul leaving my body during yep. the Trump administration. It's yep. just like watching this twelve-year-old in a in a, a tuxedo playing the violin, and I just thought this is like Kyrgyzstan state television. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> just imagine that he uh, like he finishes his violin song and then puts it down and then solemnly begins singing, Tomorrow Belongs to Me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, obviously thinking back to four years ago when we were in D.C. for Trump's inauguration and then obviously, like, we're absolutely no chance that we even could go to this one even if we wanted to.
3: Yeah, but, like, Because of know, how good things went. Yeah. The intervening <laughs> for years. yeah, I swear to God, though, if we it's did too, go... It's too, it's too boring now. <laughs> Democracy has <laughs> solved everything. Don't if even want to go to see it, the spectacle. If we went on Wednesday Wednesday, though, he we would have like probably a
2: hundred times greater chance of dying this time around than the last. Yep. One, for a, for a really variety of reasons. Yes. And I just got to just sorry, just like to circle back uh, to the idea of cancer fight songs, which I guess Ugh. is a thing. And I was just thinking to myself, I've never heard what, that. what was my dad's cancer fight song. And like it literally it was like sea shanties. He was like a, he was ahead <laughs> of the TikTok curve. He, he was he would listen to sea shanties and like Irish folk songs on the porch. So, you know, if I ever become president, it's going to be
3: one of those and
2: it's going to no one
3: better make fun of it.
2: No, you can't make fun of it.
3: You can't make fun of it because his son died. Okay, that's what's just so grotesque to me about his whole performance of like fake empathy. It's all rooted in just this weepy, fake, emotional candor. Literally weaponizing his own trauma. He's gross. He's high key gross, Joe Biden. Or more, more, more accurately, the people who control his body like a fucking uh, ventriloquist.
2: Yeah, and then oh yeah, like uh, you brought up the uh, the fourteen hundred dollar checks thing. I know we talked about it last week, but like this has become kind of like like the the early controversy or sort of a blow up of the uh, pre Biden administration because like half of like basically half of people are just saying like. You stupid moron! It was always fourteen hundred dollars. Why don't you read the damn bill? Which is just like okay, like I mean, you're a real sicko if you like if you if you weren't surprised by that shit. But I will even grant that like basically like they like they might be correct that it was always about like the two like fulfilling two thousand eventually. Like if you read the bill or whatever, but like that's not like that makes them look worse, not better. That's that's like they're saying oh like no like we were like we were always planning to do this.
3: We were all planning to. You should see your faces. This is a classic bit. You've been you've been punked. I think
4: Carl Bayer laid it out pretty well when he wrote that. If you are a uh, someone who follows politics at a granular level, uh, which is to say a maniac whose brain is rotten, uh, <laughs> then you would come to the conclusion that well, yes, of course. That when they said two thousand, they meant the uh, two thousand cumulatively after the Republicans passed six hundred dollars. Uh, If you are a normal person, maybe you had seen a clip of Joe Biden saying after that six hundred dollars had passed, uh, proclaiming we're going to get you two thousand dollars. Or Kamala Harris saying we're going to get you two thousand dollars, and you would think, oh, okay, I'm getting another two thousand on top of the six hundred. I think that's the source of the the controversy. Or or you might have seen any of the fucking TV ads in the Georgia Senate race where
2: they were literally like showing images of a check for two thousand dollars, being like, "This will be yours if
4: only you vote." And this was after they passed the six hundred, after they started sending out the six hundred dollar checks. And you
2: know, there was a subtle, like a a subtle but very calculated shift in rhetoric after uh, Ossoff and Warnock won those races. Where, like, before that, it was just, like, $2,000 checks. It's real. It's going to happen. And then right after they won, like, Biden and other people around him, there was, like, this rhetorical shift where they just started saying, we are finishing the work of getting you $2,000. And that's what yeah. the, the $1,400 yeah. represents. And it's just, like... I just like the idea that they're just like, oh, like, you fucking moron. You absolute sucker. You thought $2,000, what, you you thought, like, it was always $1,400, you idiot. What did you do, just believe that you just heard $2,000 and you were, like, thought that that would be, like, one check? You fucking moron. And it's just like, they're probably right about that, but, like, don't they understand how bad that looks to, like, the vast majority of people who aren't brain-poisoned
5: political sickos? Like, like that looks so fucking bad the the weird thing about this whole debate to me has been how much it's gotten caught up in these number dis- differences and how there's no like universal messaging of being like look we're we're in the treasury we've got our green visors on we're doing the numbers we're seeing how much we can like afford or even be able to do or what the economy will bear like there's no reasoning among this and so you what you're left to conclude is as a person is that they're just all trying to decide what they think you deserve. Yeah. You know, that and there's also, no like actual yeah. back end of has, the math. Has, to this, like, that, basically that like causing...
3: how much will it take to shut you the fuck up? <laughs> and has, <laughs> yes. any, has anyone
2: made an argument for why $2,600 would be like well, far too much or would have some deleterious well, yeah. effect in the economy?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is everybody will say that if, if they've decided that it's time to turn the tap off, I mean, it's, it's, it's arbitrary. But yeah, like Ron Johnson said no to 2000 and then like Joe Manchin said at yeah. first, he said no to 2000 uh, So they have these uh, uh, barriers. I mean, one of the big, one of the reasons that the stimulus in 2009 was such shit was that fucking uh, Olympia Snow insisted that it had to be under a trillion dollars because that was too big of a number. It's all just made <laughs> up. They just pull it out of their asses. They're just, they like round. Yeah, well. Two thousand's rounder than fourteen hundred. Yeah, way
5: rounder than that. That's three goose eggs, not one. Yeah, but it should
3: be round low. It can't be round up. It has to be. It has to be. You have to always be rounding down because that signals fiscal responsibility. Even though the you're just pulling numbers out of your ass.
4: If you give people two thousand dollars, what's next? Three thousand (laughs) dollars?
5: Apparently, no. You can't. That'll be the end of the world. The the Democratic Party operates on the uh, if you give a mouse a cookie principle of governing a a, a yeah. they,
3: they, they love love talk, They love talking about that book. Actually, uh, honestly, it'd it may be maybe funny if they ended up ass, like stumbling back ass backwards into some sort of UBI out of this, just as a way to keep the fucking economy on life support.
2: And then I guess like uh, as part of this other like huge like uh, spending package, just being promoted uh, like proposed at least like another part of it is a, a fifteen dollar minimum wage hike. Which is you know like good, but I'll I'll believe it when I see it. And then even in the bill as it's currently written, it's like fifteen dollar minimum wage by twenty twenty seven. Like that's the time frame they're going on, <laughs> and and you know like I'm I'm sure it's gonna I'm sure I I, swear, I'm, I bet that's gonna get down to like twelve dollars an hour or something. But even that being proposed, like okay, better than nothing. But even at that being proposed, we're treated to another round of like possibly some of the most brain dead like, discourse or, like, arguments against raising the minimum wage from, like, yeah. the Econ 101 segment. You know, they're like, it's just simple math. If you raise the if you raise uh, McDonald's employees' salaries to $15 an hour, then a, then a Big Mac will cost $20. And who wins then? <laughs> Nobody. Which would, you know, beg I mean, that, that would imply that if you cut the salaries of McDonald's employees, a Big Mac would be free. Which is, I think, honestly, something we should consider because that would be like a universal food
3: program. Well, I mean, there has, it has to cost something because the, the bosses have to make money. But like, if, they, if, they, if, they, if, they, if their labor was free, then they could really pass the savings on to you. Yeah,
5: <laughs> definitely. It'll be I, a
3: UBI in the form of a Big, a Big
4: Mac per month subsidy for every American. You see, the argument advanced by two kinds of people, college professors and TikTok investors. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a, a couple on TikTok. You must have saw that video this week, but like the couple on TikTok who's financed their whole life by using Robinhood, and he's like, "It's real simple. Here's my investment strategy: I buy a stock, I like I I watch it go up, I wait till it just ticks down a little bit, then I sell. So like every stock I buy, it, it just when it goes up, that's when you sell it." And it's just, like, brilliant. We're definitely not living in a bubble or anything like that. As long as the (laughs) stock market keeps going up, 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 you know, get on this train now.
3: Yeah, traditionally that has usually been an indicator that the economy is on very stable footing when everybody is speculatively investing and highly leveraged.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, uh, like, like econ guys and TikTok investors and like also it's like, 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 the, the, the perfect person who's opposed to uh, a minimum wage hike for, any, and for with like you know uh, well-sourced, well-reasoned arguments for why it's a, a bad thing to do and hurt, actually hurts the people you're trying to help are like that entire contingent of guys out there who make 70 grand a year and think like Elon Musk is their colleague. yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean?
4: No, Elon Musk reply guys.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like you think, like, once you crack like six figures, like, you're, yeah, you're, you are a business genius and that, like, you understand how the economy works. And, like, you know, you understand you can't just get, you can't just raise people's salaries. Or, or all the people who are like, they work a job for $20 an hour that they consider more skilled than a McDonald's employee. And they're like, why the fuck should they be making as much as I am? Instead of getting mad at the assholes who are stiffing them every fucking month.
5: I just, I just don't see why that you would take that to the logical conclusion and just be like we shouldn't have a
3: minimum wage or basically any labor law. They pr- do say that. That, is, that is what they say. That's that's this. They're just ro- doing a rearguard action. But when they feel that they can move forward, they try to dismantle this stuff.
4: So wait, is it this all just, just an argument that the w- wage should be even lower so that the Big Macs can be cheaper? Well, yeah,
3: the, that's also what I'm well. Well, the, the the more sophisticated version of it is that is that. Uh, by putting a minimum wage, you limit the amount of people who could get jobs, so therefore you are limiting employment. That's what they argue. Although there is no real uh, evidence at all that that's what happens, or it's just one of those things that, like, there is two lines on a graph, and you point to it and say, "This is science," <laughs> because the kinda- economics is so is so real. It's so real they had to make up their own Nobel Prize. And you know, like also no, there are everybody else because everybody else understood instinctively that they were full <laughs> of shit, and so they had to like they made their own one out of like fucking uh, tie, pie tins and said, "No, we have a Nobel Prize too." And eventually, people are just like, "Fine, shut the fuck up, you have a Nobel Prize."
2: And also, like McDonald's exists in countries like Denmark that have something yeah. like the equivalent of a fifteen dollars minimum wage, and like the they quarter have more pounder there is twenty five dollars minimum wage. Yeah, it's, it's like a tw- yeah. yeah 20 dollars minimum wage in Denmark for like yeah McDonald's employees and like the quarter pound. In Copenhagen is not like fifty. It's like a it's
3: dollar like, more, it's though. It's like,
2: it's like and yeah, that's, fifty. Yeah, who cares? Exactly. Like, it's a big, dollar.
4: It's, how many Big Macs are these people eating? Why is that the index? The, I don't. That's not. Is I want to see the breakdown of your monthly budget here because if you're you're spending clearly too much on Big Macs, if this is something that's threatening your pocketbook.
3: Yeah, it's like look, this stuff adds up. I mean, if I'm getting a Big Mac every twenty minutes. Uh, th- that extra 15 cents <laughs> is going to drive me to the poorhouse by the end of the month. I get it. You know, I get it. I, I get this shit coming from the small
4: business tyrants, but, uh, the one that was bothering me was that, 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 lady, the college professor who said, you know, if I've got to pay my you know, student TA's 15 bucks an hour, I'm just going to hire a few of them, fewer of them. And it's like, you, you don't pay them. That's not coming <laughs> out of your money. You don't
3: hire them. That's not your money. What do you give a shit? What they make? Because if, if people who uh, you think are lower than you socially and do a less a job that you don't respect, make near as much as you, then you have been disrespected. Yeah. That's, how peop, that's, that's what, what people is. think. Because that's, th- that's our delightful crabs in a bucket society where you, yeah. you, you're only able to uh, enjoy a sense of, uh, of worth if you know that it's, it's, only re- it's relative to somebody lower than you. And a burger flipper should be lower than you. That means they and need to make less think- money.
2: I also think, like especially like the the lady in academia or like people who work office jobs, I think a lot of it too is their own like subconscious or conscious guilt about the fact that the job that they're paid to do, like they don't actually work like during a day. Like there's not even that much work to do. Like they just sit at a desk and pretend to look busy most of the time, and they know that yeah. what they do isn't very skilled. Like they're actually stealing time all the like every fucking day. And that, like, it's not socially beneficial either. Like, especially in academia, and if you work in a fucking office,
3: which is all the more reason that they need to maintain the yeah the, exactly the salary distinction as a validation of their entire fucking lives.
4: Well, I'm one think and all. Something all of these people talk about is the idea that oh, minimum wage jobs are for they're for teenagers they're for yes. students and they often brag about how like for one summer in college like they worked at a Taco Bell or something like that and that's their only you know point of reference
3: but it definitely shows how 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 absolutely ideologically tainted our understanding of like jobs is is like they, they people really do seem to think in this ambient sense in this country that like your wages are like a reward for your virtue or something and and at your productivity at like your, your, your value as a human being and not a, what your boss can get away giving you in exchange for way more value than you fucking produce. Like the, the $15 uh, burger flipper is still producing way, way more than $15 an hour worth of value for his employer. But that's not something that people even conceive of, because if you thought than, about that, you'd have to think about the fact that you're getting fucking ripped off, too. And who wants to think about that when you can instead fixate on this imagined hierarchy of virtue that is deter, that's delineate, delineated in dollars, and you can point to yourself and say, I'm, I'm here, at least I'm not down there. I think another thing that's going on here, specifically in
2: the, the backlash to this kind of thing among white-collar workers, is... You know, like, like the minimum wage jobs that they're talking about and shitting on, I would say that, like, of the hours that you're doing them, I would say are unambiguously a harder job to do than being in an office and sitting no at a question. desk. No like yeah, if, question. Like, if your job is sitting at a desk looking at a computer all day long,
5: Half of that time, you're looking at fantasy football. You're fucking like, you're dicking around. You're pretending. Well, to that's where the physical labor of white-collar work comes in, because you do have to get pretty fast with the clicker to get off the Yeah, to minimize screen, window. Back to the, yeah, to back to the <laughs> Excel spreadsheet.
2: Yeah, minimize window. Um, but, like, but, but, but what they're mad at is that like, the, the benefit of the minimum wage job, where you know, if, you're, if you're in a job situation where like, if you can lean, you can clean. Like, that's a real job. You're busy the, every hour you're fucking doing it, and someone's looking at you and making sure that you're like on your feet, doing, like, re- doing a task over and over again that is like part of the job. The, the benefit, at least in, in their mind, is that when the job is over, it's over. You leave it, it's done. You don't have to think about it. Whereas with the most white collar jobs, especially now more so than ever, like with everyone working from home and working remotely, the job never ends, there's, there's nothing other than work. And you're never really off the clock, and you're never really out from under the thumb of productivity, a supervisor, the next fucking email, the next fifty fucking emails. Like you live in that constant state, even though you're not like the work you're doing. You're not you're not spending every minute that you're being paid for like working, like theoretically for like the job, what the job requires. And I think that they think that you know that's exactly that's what they're being paid for—the fact that that they can psychologically never ever leave the office or their place of work. Okay, I moving on. Moving on to another thing. Um, did you guys see? Uh, the, I mean, this is like the, the the perfect ending to the Trump administration. Uh, did you see that Mike Lindell, the pillow crackhead, uh, was visited the White House to advise Donald Trump about declaring martial law last
3: week? I mean, uh, who, who? amongst us? You gotta have to. You gotta talk to some people sometimes. Like, I, apparently, the deal with that is that they just let him come in there and just say let him talk because the president likes him, and then they just sort of walk yeah. him out. And there was another okay. He he got it off his chest.
2: There was another there's another news article this week about how uh, it was like further accounts of like you know the last days in the bunker or whatever that was talking about how Trump would be in a room full of people and have Sidney Powell on speakerphone and just say, Sidney, what are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do about it? And then she would just like just go off on a fucking tear, and he would mute her on the call and start po- <laughs> y- talking to people in the room, being like, "Sydney's crazy. Can you believe this? She really <laughs> believes this. Kid. She really believes this. Sydney's uh, is she wonderful, folks? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And then put it put her, put her like back off mute. Yeah, Sydney. Okay, yes, the kraken it's coming.
5: Uh, I was gonna say the uh, the photo of Lindell with the uh the like. Martial law, like a alert plan, was so funny to me because he was walking out. It was like kind of crumpled in his hands. People were like zooming in, being like, "Oh my god, is this the announcement that tanks are going to roll in during the inauguration?" And I found it just looking at the photo just as likely that he maybe asked. Trump to, like, validate his parking, and he was just like, yeah, sure, let me grab something <laughs> for you, and just, like, wrote it on the back I mean, the, of, the, of, of a the, memo. Yeah, the, pages
2: <laughs> had, yeah. the pages he had crumpled up were, like, the Wikipedia entry for what is martial law with a few things <laughs> highlighted. And he was like, here's the plan,
4: sir. Man, he must have sold a lot of pillows.
3: Oh, yeah. He does! He does! And now the fucking thing is... Uh, it's expanded. There's sheets, too, now. And... Uh, I don't know and, about this one. And he's got... Like, there are millions of morons who <laughs> want to buy a, a, my pillow to stick it to the lizard people. You know, well, the I, tr- I, Lindell-
1: I,
4: I trust this man to make pillows, but I don't know about other sorts of bedding items.
3: Look, I definitely guy- wouldn't you know, buy it. You know, the cur- thing
2: about Mike Lindell is the guy has sold a ton of pillows and he's smoked a ton of crack. He did so much
3: <laughs> crack, and that's how he got up the idea of the pillow. One night he's like <laughs> lying in bed, his eyes are w- w- like wide open, it's just their bright red throbbing veins in his eyes, and he goes, I could sleep, I could sleep if I had a better fucking pillow, if I had a perfect <laughs> pillow, a perfect pillow, if I had a perfect pillow, if I had a perfect pillow, I'd be able to sleep, a perfect pillow, and he spent the next 48 hours putting one together. <laughs> what makes it different? It's, it's memory foam of some kind. I don't know. It's probably made out of fucking fiberglass insulation. <laughs> just asbestos. <laughs> he probably, asbestos. probably just like, yeah, it's like he probably like goes into like like uh, schools that are going to be uh, closed because they've got asbestos in the walls and just rips it out and stuffs it in a fucking uh, pillowcase and <laughs> sells remember. it to these roofs. because these people don't care if it's good or not. He's the she's the good man. He's the good pillow man. They'll buy the fucking thing, even if it's just literally making their face orange.
4: I've never seen one in the wild, but for like for all I know, it's a sack with a raccoon in it that <laughs> gently massages your head.
3: They would buy that. They would buy that.
4: I'm surprised more... D- business types have not gotten into the whole trump grift not tried to to leech off trump to 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 drift off his momentum because like his audience will buy anything
3: oh yeah absolutely no they 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 are because they think they're fighting it apparently the new the, the, what trump's planning to do is he's trying he's planning to use them he's trying to plan to use uh the grassroots network of his Rube supporters to fund his presidential library, which is usually <laughs> done with corporate uh Corporate donations, which is going to be a little harder for him now that he's anathema. So he's just going to get $2 billion in small donations to just build a giant fucking statue to himself that you can take an elevator into. And at the very top, in the brain, there's just a big screen TV that plays on a loop the commercial where him and Grimace look out the window.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you bring up... um a giant Trump statue, and Grimace. And I guess the last thing I want to talk about is uh, an, uh, the executive order on the way out the door. Like, this has been percolating for a while, but Trump's idea for a, a national sculpture garden that is, like, our gallery of national heroes, and he released the final list of names for people to be commemorated in statue form. I mean, I, I doubt this thing will ever get built, but, like, there's, like, you know, like a, there's, like, a hundred fucking names on it. It's, like, a, a massive list of fucking great Americans that are going to be featured in this statue garden. I vaguely remember this.
4: So he, his directive was to build a statue garden, what, in D.C.?
3: Yeah, it would be like something like something. I don't know if not on the National Mall, but. This was originally proposed last summer after the whole uh, George Floyd protest wave. And, and then the, the, the statue uh, uh, attacks where people were pulling down <laughs> Confederate monuments and stuff. And he just decided, oh, you guys don't like statues? Well, actually, uh, we're going to make more statues. How do you like that? Just pure ganglion reaction. Oh, oh, you you don't like statues? (laughs) Build more statues. We're going to build so many statues, you're literally not going to be able to pull them down because there's going to be new ones. We're going to build them faster than you can pull them down. Good luck.
2: Eventually, every American will have a statue. It'll just be like... Every the, American will have a statue. It'll be like the, 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 the National Gallery of Americans featuring 350 <laughs> million
4: bronze fucking busts. We're, we're going to unleash
3: basilisks throughout the country. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and they will eventually, of course, be told, torn down by rampaging uh, uh, social justice warriors, which means that in the future, everyone will be a statue for 15 minutes. <laughs>
2: You know though but I I looked at the list of uh, of the national heroes that are going to be honored in statue form and I got to say I was a little disappointed because it there were they were chalk picks. You know there there are a couple names of people that like I would like to uh, deface in statue form like William F Buckley or Gene Kirkpatrick. <laughs> But for the most part, these are like very, this is like, you know, Miles Davis, uh, Cy Young, you know, like just heroes of sport, film, uh, politics, you know, like just the very standard great Americans. And even a couple that, you know, I, I heartily endorse, like
5: Mark it, Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, Herman Melville. It's very, sir, for a dollar, can you name
4: an American? Yeah. Yeah. It's very like a time life, you know, list yeah. of, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. of nostalgia <laughs> for old people. And, but, you know, I was disappointed
2: because it was Trump that there were no, like, fictional characters or not Americans or just people he so knows. So here's my
4: guess. Here's my guess. Here's how here's my guess on how the list came about that like this. This took, you know, probably 12 hours out of his day. You know, when when the when the White House says, you know, every single day when they don't release a schedule and they're like, uh, Mr. Trump is doing president work uh, from <laughs> dawn to dusk today. Uh, no, at least one of his days uh, was just him sitting at, the, at his desk at the Oval Office, rattling off names for 12 hours straight while he has aides you know, surrounding him with, with yellow notepads. And they just had to cross off the names of people who are, who are foreign, uh, who are fictional, who are not dead, <laughs> who are just like stuff like uh, the lady at the store, uh, <laughs> wife.
2: Just people he knows and from like- his
4: golf club. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like, well, just Mr. Trump, Mr. President, or just name people.
3: Stan Shara. Stan Sherra needs a lo- statue. <laughs> a lot of yes. heavy editing on the list. Yes. We uh, the, the nation needs a Stan Shara statue. In fact, fuck the rest of these. Make one giant Stan Shara statue. Well, you know what? I mean, we
2: were talking about it before we got on air here, but, you know, I mean, like, this is, this is my solution to the National Garden of Heroes and the, the statue issue. There's one name of a living American who was not chosen to be in the Garden of Heroes, but I think towers among all of them. I would like to see all of these statues melted down, just smelted in a giant cauldron, and then reformed (laughs) into a colossus, I would say, I don't know, 10 times the size of the Statue of Liberty. And I'd like it to be a Mr. Martin Scorsese. But, as Matt, you pointed out, like the Emma Lazarus poem on the Statue of Liberty, you know, outside the golden give, door give us
3: your yes give us your poor your huddled mass. the lamp
2: the lamp is lit you know outside yeah. the golden door there should be a plaque at the giant at the the scorsese colossus that said he was a cool guy who made only movies about cool guys who do
3: cool fun things and are good <laughs> and not bad yep yep it, it, in fact the statue should be of Martin Scorsese watching a crime happen and giving two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: but you know what meant though. And then when you said that, I was like, "Yes, absolutely. This is the, that. That is a testament to like I think the greatest living American artist." But it's not just that he glorifies crime in his movies because not all you know people forget not all of his movies are about the mob. What he really glorifies is toxic masculinity, and that that's true. Is what we need a monument to, you know? Because I feel like you know it's going away, and people need to be reminded, you know, toxic masculinity. It's good. It's cool. It built and this not- <laughs>
3: freaking country, okay?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just limited. It's not just limited to being in a organized crime. You can do toxic masculinity if, if you're just an everyday average Joe, and you know that's that. That's the kind of the forgotten American, the forgotten toxic American that uh, Martin Scorsese and his films um, completely uncritically celebrate. <laughs> yep.
3: Actually, that's actually why hit- I am a toxic masculinity, because I watch those movies and yeah, thought, wow, absolutely. these are really well done films. Uh, they they make me feel, uh, you know, those emotions that cinema is able to evoke. And now I uh, have these good, warm feelings towards these criminals, and now I think toxic criminal masculinity is actually awesome. Do, Will, do you have the list
4: in front of you, the statue list?
3: Uh, I have no, the
0: I list in front of me. Right, Let me bring it up.
5: Okay,
3: yeah. I just want to say
5: one thing about this list. If you really want to just sit down and entertain yourself for a few minutes, just um start reading the names and imagining Trump describing why they're on the list. Just going like, Ah, Vince Lombardi. We love, we love how what he did for the football. He was the best football guy of all time. Herman Melville. He wrote a great book about a big fish. We love him. Big guy.
4: The fish. Big fish. guy. biggest fish. biggest fish. <laughs> he wrote the novel about the biggest fish. No novelist <laughs> since has been able to write about a bigger fish. That's why he's Folks. number
2: one. Herman Melville, he wrote the biggest book of all time. And no one's written he's a the the book that was longer. And That's why he's there. Or like Sojourner Truth. It'd be like, she told truth to everyone. <laughs> no matter where she went, she was always telling the truth. So she took a big sojourn and took a lot
3: of truth. We could we could take the truth. And she said, I'm sorry. I got to give it to you. I'm here for it.
1: Yes, I've I've I feel like I, the fact
2: the fact that there are I I, I I did I could be wrong though, but I did not see a single professional golfer on this statue list, and <laughs> that that's is kind that, of messed up. That is evidence to me that Trump was not very involved in this. No, there's a no whole
3: addendum no that's lists? just
4: professional go- golfers. Is Roy uh, oh, Cohn
3: Yeah, I was if you get Roy Cohn on. Yeah, it's Roy Cohn on the list. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, on yeah, on the li- I just want to ask questions. I just want to uh, put bring up names and see if they're on the list.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I did not see Roy Cohn on the list. Yeah, sadly, it, no,
3: because he doesn't have any loyalty. Is, the whole ain't loyal. <laughs> is the big bopper on the list? <laughs> <laughs> Oddly, yes, but not Jim uh, Allen's or Buddy Holly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, many people, I was actually a bigger fan of the big bopper than Buddy Holly. I like Chantilly it. Lace. <laughs> that Lace. was the song. That was the song. That was the one. Among the songs. That was a good one. It's the big bopper, baby. That's it's just Trump getting on
3: the phone, calling people. Hello, it's the big bopper. <laughs> <laughs> they were shaped very similarly, so I could see they were. Why he, why, they like, really <laughs> were. Just big briefcase guys. Speaking of that. I just I can't wait to see fucking Antonin Scalia's refrigerator-shaped statue <laughs> that they put out there. Just oh an and, yeah, Antonin Scalia's on there. Antonin yeah.
5: Scalia, but also Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, this and is, there you this go. Is, this he's he, he's a, he's yeah, he's doing the work to heal the nation on the way out.
3: They should make that one statue, and it's, like, (laughs) Quado.
5: Oh, yeah, we're like, it's it's, Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg Ginsburg is coming out of the side of 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 of, Scalia.
2: Of of Scalia, yeah, that would work. Turn on the reactor, Antonin.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Those are just, Ruth Bader
4: Ginsburg, those are just people he vaguely remembers from the news.
3: Yep, it's like, uh, Mr. Clean, uh, you're very good, very good, uh. (laughs) yeah. William Devane for Gold Line.
4: <laughs> is Jerry Lewis on there? He should be.
5: I don't think he is though. It's no, I don't it's think unfortunately he's there not Unfortunately, not searchable. The one, the version that I have.
3: Well, it's saw... alphabetical. It's alphabetical. Yeah, the I one that I, I saw was alphabetical. Was alphabetical. Uh, the, problem, is, is... <laughs> the very annoying thing in Twitter for me is that this the ones the one the list is all on a Ben Jacobs uh, thing, and that asshole blocks me, so I can never yep. fucking see it when people me are too. posting the goddamn thing. Me it's too. Very annoying. Okay. Why, uh, here's what to, I want. You got the ta-
4: Ben Jacobs block.
3: Is Ty I told Cobb him he was a bitch, is- and it was funny that he got his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> all right, That'll he was the guy it. who got his ass kicked. That was funny. <laughs> is
2: uh, Is Ty Cobb on the on the statue list?
5: Uh, hold. Let's One see. One of the greatest
2: baseball players of all time. Ty Cobb.
5: Ingrid Lightning. Bergman. Charles Carroll.
4: Johnny Charlton Heston Appleseed is Chapman. on the list.
2: Charlton Heston is on the list. Hell yes.
4: I do not is see Ty Is Samuel Adams on the list? Yes, he is. Yes. Is he
3: holding a beer in the statue? <laughs> I bet he is. I bet it's like a
4: tie-in.
2: I hope the Hesley <laughs> statue is the rendering of him at the end of Planet
4: of the Apes, like on his knees on the beach, going, you
1: maniacs, you blew it all the hell.
4: Oh, that's a name that Trump threw out when asked to, to name Founding Fathers. I would yes. love to hear Trump's explanation to who Samuel is. Well,
3: that's the beer. It's it's good. It's uh, it, it, it delicious.
4: I don't drink it myself. Uh, Jack, you got,
2: is, is Jack Daniels on there? <laughs> <laughs> no, Captain but, uh, Morgan, one of the greatest
3: pirates of all time. <laughs> <laughs> helped us win the war. He did it. He did it. He helped us win the war. We, we won. Uh, I do it. love that the
5: oldest person going back on this list is like basically founding fathers generation like 1770s except for christopher columbus who has to be on here just to own people
2: there's already a, a shitload of christopher columbus statues all over
3: this country i don't think we Gotta need to this. include because, them in you. that's because like with most trump projects this is gonna be built by the mob and you don't want to piss them off <laughs> that's true <laughs> so you've got to put fucking cool. well you got to Columbus. why wow, he's a fucking hero is sam giancana on the list? <laughs>
5: I also just looking through all these names, I can't help but just imagine these statues as the terracotta warriors that Trump will be bo- uh, buried yes. with.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. These these people will all like awake in the afterlife to be servants of, of Trump after after thinking that they were they had lucked out and gone to hell. They'll <laughs> they find that they were. We rudely awakened.
4: Oh, when, when does this thing open? I want to go see it now. It's It'll never. never it's going never going to gonna fucking open. It's, it's never, gonna never a going thing. to be He signed the. He signed the order. Oh yeah. He put in the. He put in that that the. He put in the order. <laughs> the yeah, work order. Yeah. Put in the requisition order for it. Yeah. it's in the, they, it's they, in the, works. In the order. There, there's some like uh,
2: New Jersey based like trophy supply company that's just like <laughs> oh boy fucking sweating bullets. But, like uh, 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 we need to, we need to put an order with one of our vendors for a thousand tons of bronze. Oh. Oh fuck. We've been we've been filling orders for bowling leagues
5: for the last six months. Uh, yeah, that would like, be the perfect style for all of them. The bowling, like bowling league trophies. You get to yeah. it and every single one of them is mid pose, mid-rolling pose.
4: I think it's funny that there's been this freak out over the past two weeks about you know what the damage that Trump's gonna do in his his last few days in office. You know, he's gonna declare martial law or launch nukes or whatever. And this is what actually comes out the door. <laughs> the rambling statue list. They and got, and, and you know, got, also
2: like the, none of none of the names like the uh, there's no one on there that's like really all that disgusting or controversial either.
3: I mean there's war criminals and stuff yeah, but you know, but, you that's, know whatever. That's, that's you see that's, that, that's, that, just uh, DC. that's almost yeah exactly they they're like I thought there'd be they thought they would put Grant and Robert E Lee on there but only or only Grant or Chris
5: Kyle or something.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, wearing his I mean, fucking Punisher uh Kevlar
5: as a representation of great of quote, great americans i mean if you're just taking a survey of uh, famous americans you're going to have some more criminals in there
3: yeah absolutely yeah it's going to be part of that they got audie murphy though he's a war hero no william callie so hey could have been worse sergeant york is he there no probably not <laughs> i don't not. think they put sergeant uh, york
4: on here bo gritz
3: actually yes albert uh, sergeant york is, <laughs> oh, he is uh, on, on the list elvin but, c but, but, york
2: yes but but gary cooper as sergeant york not the real sergeant york
5: <laughs> well of course but, i mean a lot of people but gary cooper is him. on this Oh, Gary Cooper's already on it. Wow. Oh no way. No, I'm sorry. I was I was misreading James Fenimore Cooper and another
3: genius. <laughs> what the hell? Dude? Oh. I think I think Trump thinks that that is uh, Gary <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's <laughs> Cooper. That's his legal James Fenimore Cooper, the guy from High Noon. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, I hope one day I can take my grandkids to see the, uh, the, the, the thousand greatest Americans in statue form, or ideally, to take them to see the Scorsese Colossus towering over the ruins of Manhattan. Yes.
3: Yep. where <laughs> it's like got like a, Ozymandias. Yeah, and every hour, he, his voice booms out across New York Sound. I think that crime is cool, and I glorify <laughs> it. No,
2: no, it, it, okay, it, yes, like 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 sort of like a like a cathedral bell. He will remind you that that uh, doing evil and being a toxically masculine is fun and cool. But every yep. other hour of the day, he just updates you on the TCM schedule of what's on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the, the life picture. and death, Ooh, the the life and death of Colonel Blimp tonight, eight o'clock TCM. Howard <laughs> Pressburg that wonderful picture. <laughs> just just rattling off like <laughs> you've got movies like stagecoach, john ford stagecoach. <laughs> well that's that's what john we ford need on the list. Uh <laughs> all right, well uh before we go, um we should take a moment to acknowledge and celebrate the birthday of one Chris Wade. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Wade, happy birthday, friend. Happy birthday to I would say easily the greatest producer slash player in the podcast game today
5: by far thank you i appreciate it uh and being uh unmuting myself and actually talking on this episode that's a little gift that i'm giving to myself and also you the listeners but i'm going to end this with a brief annual uh, shout out uh, i'm going to channel my best Stasi and say it's my fucking birthday today
0: my
4: birthday my birthday my birthday my actual birthday my idea of what my birthday should be for my fucking birthday
5: and because of that, you all have to go if you have not already to youtube.com slash chapo House and subscribe to the damn youtube channel We are very close to getting a plaque? I want that fucking plaque uh, we pod. have, we have great content there. We repost the uh, episodes. Uh, we have Matt's vlogs. We're starting to do uh, best of the month compilations. The, m- the monthly I've best
2: got- of the monthly best of comps. Are, I'm very very excited about those. The, 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 We're going to be doing that. Was very fun.
5: Uh, and some other new like possibly partially animated uh, things. If you are an animator out there, by the way, if you do like animatics and would want to maybe do one for some of our best bits and maybe want a little money for it, hit me up in the DMs because I would love content like that. I'm also going to start playing around with doing like uh, live streaming radio on there. You know, making those uh you know 24 hour streams of lo-fi Chapo episodes to relax slash study to. I think I'm going to make one with uh, all our movie episodes that just kind of plays on there. You know, stuff like that. Just playing around, having fun with it. I also just want to give a quick shout out to my beautiful team of YouTube helpers who have been helping me. That's Wagner Coop at WagsCoop on Twitter. Daniel, who did our Best Of compilation, he's at BevelTGR. And a big shout-out to Jake, who has been helping me do YouTube back-end since basically the, the moment we started the channel. He is at RomKami1 on Twitter. Please give him a shout-out. He is going through chemo right now uh, and could use some uh, some you know uh, uplifting good messages from the Grey Wolves out there. Um, all those guys have been Absolutely. helping me run the channel. We're going to hit... Uh, 100,000 subs in 2021. That would be the best birthday gift possible for me. YouTube.com slash Chapo Trap House. How many subscriptions do we need to go before we hit 100K right now? About 18,000. Uh, okay, we're at 80. 80 after, after,
2: after listening this episode, everyone yeah, out 18, there, s- subscribe. We're hitting 100K tomorrow.
4: Yes. It's free. Yes. I'm sure you can find 18,000 subs among the people. Who to the show. I'm very confident. I will also use this
5: chance to make my yearly plug for uh the other podcast I do with Borat voice my wife. It is called and introducing a podcast about words, about music. Every episode is about a different musician, usually told through their autobiography or memoir. We've had a lot of great episodes just in the past, like uh, Guided by Voices with Dan Beckner. We did Billy Corgan with Leslie Lee from Struggle Session. Uh, we're getting ready to do Frank Zappa. And then for the bulk of the spring, we're going to go through and do every band from our band, Could Be Your Life. So that'll be a fun run through 80s indie rock. Uh, So, yeah, check that out. Will's been on it. Matt's been on it. Felix has been on it. Those episodes are all great. You can check those out and introducing anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, If you've not heard of it before, you're hearing about it now.
2: Well, there we go. Uh, Thanks once again. Another great episode, but uh, especially happy birthday to Chris Wade, the LeBron James of podcast producers, and, you know, uh, perfect pairing with me, the James Harden of podcast hosts. (laughs) I'm, I'm fat, folks. I've been getting a lot of weight in quarantine. <laughs> and I'm in Brooklyn now.
1: All right, gang. <laughs>
2: All right, gang. Uh, Till next time.
4: Bye-bye. 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 Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.